You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode number 284 of the Make It British podcast. So first today on the show, I want to say a massive thank you to those of you that have left me a review over the last few days, calling out June, Sarah, Lucy, Izzy, Willow and Jem. Thank you so, so much. Reviews make a massive difference to a podcast because they're one of the main things that the podcast apps use to work out which podcasts are the best. And from that, and I think probably a combination of your download numbers as well, they decide what goes in the podcast charts, just like top of the pops. And once you're in the charts, more people discover you because when they open their podcast app, they get recommended other podcasts that are in the top of the pops podcast charts. (laughs) A bit like search engine optimization, but for podcasts. But one of the reasons I've had a bit of a flurry of reviews over the last uh, week is because I put a call out in my Sunday journal. So my Sunday journal is my newsletter that goes out at 7pm, usually 7pm, every Sunday. And I said in my newsletter, and if you're not already on it, there's a link in the show notes for this podcast to make sure you can get onto that newsletter. Um, I put a call out in my newsletter to say that if I got 10 reviews in the next week, then I would pick one of those lucky reviewers to get a free one-to-one hour-long coaching session with me. So there's been six reviews so far. I said when I got to 10, I would pick someone. So if you've not yet left a review and you'd like to do so, and you'd like to be in with a chance of winning a free coaching session with me, hurry up after you listen to this. Follow the link in the show notes that says rate this podcast and you can leave your review. And I thank you very much in advance for doing so. Oh, and so I know who you are when you leave your review, drop me an email and let me know it's you. Okay. Otherwise I won't have your email address if I choose you as the person that wins the free coaching session. Right now on to today's guest. He's a Brazilian living in Amsterdam with a German surname. So I'm probably as well, I apologize in advance. I'm going to cock up the pronunciation of his surname. It's Tammy Schweiler, and he's the founder of the United Repair Center. And I met him at the end of 2023 when they opened a repair centre in London, which is based at Fashion Enter, which is a social enterprise garment manufacturing unit run by Jenny Holloway. You've probably heard her. She's been on this podcast a couple of times. And they set up a repair centre within Fashion Enter in North London. The original one is in Amsterdam, hence where Tammy is based. And now we are lucky enough to have one in the UK as well. It's a collaboration between outdoor brand Patagonia and social enterprise Makers Unite, and it's a much needed resource for the clothing industry. As it says on their website, repair is the new cool. 
And circularity is definitely the buzzword on everyone's lips right now. And that's no surprise. When you hear that the UK sends 350,000 tonnes of clothing into landfill every year, and as a relatively small island, we are one of the biggest mass consumers of clothing and textiles, it makes you feel pretty sick. So whatever we can do to ensure that our clothing and textiles remain in circulation is so, so important. And repair is one of those ways. If we can make clothes that last longer and that can be repaired so that we can continue wearing them time and time again, I don't need to tell you that that's much better than buying a load of cheap shit that you're going to throw away. So in this chat with Tammy, we talk about the whole United Repair Centre process, how it all works, how they very cleverly combine technology with sewing skills to make this repair service available to all, and how any brand can get involved in offering a repair service to their customers through the United Repair Centre. So here you go, over to Tammy. Well, I think what you're doing with the Repair Centre is amazing. Thank you. Absolutely yeah, amazing. I really appreciate it. It, it is it has been for us um, a big journey in, in uh, the launch in, in London together with Fashion Enter was was really a big proof that it is the right timing to do right. So um, we had uh, also an amazing experience. I do remember that we met and briefly spoke, um, but it was, it, was, uh, it was an overwhelming day for me as well. Brilliant. So let's track back to the beginning then. So I want to find out from you, um, what was your background before you set up the repair centre? Yeah, I have a background in uh, social entrepreneurship. So um, I have been educated as an industrial designer in Sao Paulo, where I was born in Brazil. Um, and I always had the interest of working with people and um, prior to the companies I started in the Netherlands, I worked for a Dutch startup in uh, Kenya, building a motorcycle. So I learned a lot about how to build a product to create employment for people that need it. Um, and a lot about how to create a business for impact um, and business for social inclusion. In 2016, I founded uh, in a collective uh, Makers Unite. Makers Unite um, had started as an activistic campaign to talk about the values and the importance of newcomers in our society. And um, it evolved into a, a manufacturing facility that would produce um, collections for B Corps um, and, and fashion brands. And we use the revenue of these collections to support social inclusion programs for people with refugees with uh, a creative background. Um, and we've done this for seven years, um, all the way to Leeds to United Repair Center, which started two years ago. Brilliant. And you're, I'm speaking to you now, you're currently based in Amsterdam, is that right? The first repair center you set up was in Amsterdam. Yeah, right here. I can show you a little bit. So. Oh, wow. Yours is massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, it, it is a little bit ahead, um, but not in potential to where we're starting in London. Um, we started in the Netherlands. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit over two years ago. Um, in June 2022, we, we launched it publicly and um it, it has been growing um in the right base uh, we believe that our objective is really 
to bring repairs back to the map of the clothing industry, um, which sounds so logical. Um, but if you take the reality of large fashion brands, the largest fashion brands today, it's just impossible. Uh, and, and it's such difficult uh, um, uh, challenge to go through the current business models and understand how do you make repair a positive and viable operation, um, implement it and harvest the impact that it creates. It, it's humongous in terms of impact and product pro, in the product level, social level, on a brand value level. So we, we've been witnessing a lot of, um, a lot of um, growth in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, two years ago, I suppose, if anyone had said, how are you going to encourage all of the big brands to get, send their clothing for repair when all they really want to do, a lot of them, is just sell more because that's how their business models work. You know, it, it, it's such a big kind of leap of faith to set up something like this. How how does your business model work? Do you want to kind of describe to people about how you can offer the repairs for and the sorts of brands that you are offering repairs for at the moment? Absolutely. So we offer brands um, a, a one-stop shop when it comes to extending life garments of, of clothing um, the carrier um, services, uh, clothing repair. So we provide high quality repairs for A-level brands um, from sports to fashion to luxury industry. Um, and we provide them with a suite of solutions that are uh, helping from A to Z to implement this program. So an example to this will be a repair warranty program. Uh, in which a brand wants to provide end consumers with a warranty uh, for their clothing. Uh, so we will create the software infrastructure for brands to connect to the end consumer. So they will connect uh, directly with um, um, through a B2C interface, what we call a website, uh, a portal for the stores, or depends on the channel, we'll design the solution together with the brand. And this will allow the repairs to come to us. Uh, they are repaired in our facility here in Amsterdam and also in, in London. Um, and uh, we provide this um, item back to the end consumer. But uh, uh, alongside, we also provide services for recommerce, so we take bulks of, of um, uh, clothing of return clothing from brands. We're going to inspect, clean, uh, repair what is needed to repair and prepare them for sales or so reselling. It, it's a, it's a big, it's a big carrier as well. Um, but mostly we will work together with brands to understand how repair can fit in their circular transition strategy and draft a program that is uh, suitable to their positioning as well. Yeah, because the you know the process you've just described, the, you know the consumer sending a product back, you repairing it, sending it back again, all the technology that's involved in the back end of that. What is the cost of that to the brand, and how is the brand funding that on top of some of them quite small margins already? Yeah, so the funny thing, um, the cost of repair is expensive, in in comparison to the to the current cost of buying. Yeah, so you 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 buy a, a garment at Asian prices, and, and you repair it at local market prices. 
So we'll always be um, a, a, a required investment. And you want to repair. You cannot repair just because it's a cheaper option. You want to repair. Um, however, uh, the way that a brand can fund this changes from brand to brand. And it's always a positive money-making thing. It depends on how you how you look at this. But in the case of Patagonia, for instance, where they provide a free repair service, a warranty of repairs, um, every piece of garment uh, that you buy will have the same service. However, it's not every piece of garment that will need repair. So the thousands of jackets that get produced, a handful of those needs to be repaired. So a simple small provision on, on, on margins make it possible to finance a gigantic repair operation. So directly making an allocation related to the volumes of, of revenue on, the, on a certain category. Um, and other brands will have uh, strategies that are linked to returns, for instance. Instead of giving a new garment, you repair the garment uh, that has been returned. So repairing is by far cheaper than returning. Um, we have programs where brands um, ask the end consumer to contribute to the cost of repair. And this can be partial, this can be total. Um, so in every case, there will be a different way of earning back the cost of repairs. Um, but what we really see is that today, brands are doing this in a voluntary way. So you have um, brands do this from a ideal or they are leading, a, a, they are really pioneers in, the, in terms of repairs. Um, uh, but legislation is coming as well. So in the future, we see a big pressure for brands to offer this as mandatory services. Yeah, and also they should be doing that anyway. Good brands should be making clothes that are made to last and the repair is the last thing you need to do because you've made them so well that they're not falling apart. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Brilliant. So you set up the Amsterdam Centre a couple of years ago. How did the London Centre come about and how comes that was like centre number two rather than expanding elsewhere into Europe? Yeah, how exciting, because in, originally when we started United Repair Center, we had the idea of um, whether our goal of uh, creating impact in the Netherlands, and, and we designed the business to cater a radius that goes beyond the Netherlands, but the business was focused here. But since starting, uh, we got feedback from brands that were operating in the beginning with us and said, you really need to roll this out. It's such a great concept. And then... You combine the social impact with the environmental impact in a unique way. Um, so then we look into possible regions where we could um, be active. And we spoke to the brands we're collaborating with. And UK came first in the list, primarily because, well, this is the, 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 the pros and cons of Brexit. I'm definitely not going to debate it. But since Brexit, you cannot ship uh, repairs across the border. Um, they basically get stuck in customs and it's a little bit, um, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mayhem. But actually, because of this reason, we have to bring the repair centers to the UK. Uh, as same as in, in, in other business and logistics, they have to have local operations. Uh, and this opened a new perspective for us. When we started to look into UK repairs, uh, the heritage of repairs, um, uh, UK manufacturing, um, there, there's so much wealth and, and there's so much knowledge and so much value for clothing that is very different than what you see in, in Europe. For sure, it's very different than what you see in the Netherlands or Germany or countries we operate. And 
And we understood that there's a potential there that is going way beyond uh, what we initially thought for a repair center. So we had the opportunity to start um, um, uh, the business there. We had the very fortunate opportunity of coming across Fashion Enter uh, with Jenny Holloway, who is this visionaire, pioneer, and and he's, she's really leading um, yeah, the sector in transition of what ethical manufacturing can be. Um, and it became a great opportunity to bring repairs in collaboration with Fashion Enter and create United Repair Center London. And they literally started repairing from day one, so much knowledge there. And if you look at the, the overall skill set that is still present in UK, that there's a lot of wealth and opportunity. So we see a big opportunity for a social program to find use in UK to a little bit of a twist, of course, in the Netherlands, we're really focused on refugee migration for our social inclusion programs. In UK, we're focusing with people with a migration background. They have a very high unemployment rate. And, but then giving these tweaks, uh, adapting to the local circumstances and uh, developing the market. Since we, we lift up the flag in, in, in uh, London, we have been contacted to brands who never imagined we would have contacted before, British brands, British retailers, and um, uh, companies that are really making pioneering transition in circularity, and they understand that repair is really playing this role. Um, and of course, we have, in the opening, we had this, this huge support of Ellen MacArthur Foundation and the British Fashion Council. Uh, they're really being these um, ambassadors for our work so if you put all these elements together, it has been uh, a thrill and has been very exciting and we feel the momentum there. Brilliant. Well, that's really good to hear that you got so much support in London. That's that's fantastic. Um, and, that you know, that so many of our British brands were behind the idea of repair. I suppose that doesn't really surprise me because I know, you know, a lot of the UK products, particularly that the products that I champion are brands that are building you know, garments that are made to last. And so it would make sense yep. to them. So I suppose Definitely. my question then back to you is the challenge is how do you train up the staff quick enough and, and what level of skill do they need? Is the repair all done by machine? How much of it is done by hand? Is there any limit to what you can repair? You know, how, where do you even start with finding the skilled staff to, to put in that centre? Yeah, absolutely. So we count in the Netherlands today, um, we, we, because we're, we're primarily uh, working with population with uh, they are new in, in the Netherlands or, or in UK, uh, training is, is an intrinsic part of our business. Um, and we developed something called United Repair Academy, which is a year-long education program. It is certified by the government in collaboration with a technical school to teach people from A to Z how to become a repair expert. Um, this is done in parallel to our uh, production facility. So today we have roughly 30 employees here, 25 to 30 employees there uh, on the line, and we have a lot of uh, a constant learning process on, on the repair activity. So it is predominantly done on machines, um, and uh, we are uh, at this moment um, serving a lot of sports, uh, outdoor and active wear brands, uh, denim brands and fashion brands. Um, we still don't service um, 
a lot of we don't provide service for instance leather repairs or back repairs we do backpacks for some some brands but that's more or less the the and we don't know shoes for instance that there will be re- remaining in in garments um and the training for us it's something that we're learning now how to export and in uk we really count with the talent of fashion enter who has education at the core of the work so they 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 are they're championing um, uh, education programs across uh, London and UK and uh, part of London and Leicester. Um, so it's really interesting that we can adapt our learnings uh, to them and adapt curriculum uh, so the employees there as well could have the same benefit. Yeah, brilliant. So are they all repairing on the machines? I remember when I went to look around the repair centre in London, you've got lots of machines lined up ready to go. Are they also doing hand repairs as well? Um, some of them are, are need to wear that there are hand repairs. Yeah, they're, they're a smaller part of our business uh, today, uh, but we also have the capacity of doing this. And, and then it's a very specific uh, skills, uh, it's a very specific skill set. And predominantly we have people with a lot of, a lot of expertise and they bring this expertise to them and so they bring this expertise to UK. So that's mm-hmm. also the wealth of skill sets that's, that they bring into the countries. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to finally master your manufacturing and create profitable UK-made products? If so, I've got an exclusive training just for you. This training is for businesses that make in the UK or want to and who are interested in working with me in our British Brand Accelerator for creative small business owners who want to develop and sell profitable UK-made products. If your application is accepted, you'll receive a copy of my exclusive free private training on how to develop profitable UK-made products with ease. In the training, I go through my exact three-part framework that we use to help our clients successfully launch and grow their UK-made brands. And I'll show you exactly how it works along with all kinds of examples. I'll also explain everything you need to know about the accelerator to ensure that we can truly help you to get the results that you're looking for. To apply for an invite to the British Brand Accelerator and get a copy of the training, go to katehills.co.uk forward slash apply. So you say you've had lots of interest from other brands. Are you able to take all those brands on like, or are you at capacity? Uh, how how many brands can the can the the center service at any one time? Yeah, so um, we have a business that's designed to create employment, uh, and we use repairs this engine in order for employment to exist. So we um, we grow the business according to our pipeline. So we have um, growing capacity in the Netherlands and growing capacity in UK. Uh, we aim by the end of the year in UK to be reaching 20,000 repairs. Uh, that's our objective uh, there. Um, the Netherlands, we aim to reach 60,000 repairs, um, which could be a lot for a, a, a faci- repair facility, but it's really, unfortunately, it's just a, 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 a grain of sands uh, yeah. uh, out there. Um, so... A part of the work that we're doing is uh, enabling our capacity of physically uh, process repairs, but a huge uh, part of our investment and work today is developing the technology behind repairs. So the technology to connect uh, to brands, to have the product overview, 
to have on-time information about the, the product specs they're being repaired, to have inf information about the impact of the repair that we're developing. And by combining this all together, we get to um, uh, build a piece that is really relevant for bands to work with. And <coughs> pardon, we uh, uh, get to a level what you call a brand value level. So the engagement that repairs enable brands to have when end consumers is really unique. And this experience is something that will pivot in so brands could uh, leverage and understand um, the better ways of creating these new relationships. And they happen through our platform. So it's United Repair Center platform. There is a set of suite and, and software that, that helps to connect. And this is the service actually that they enables our capacity to grow over time. So now we can connect, now we have on-time uh, um, information about the repairs that happen in London, or our demand of how we're developing, so it's all connected. They can start to see the data of what percentage of their customers, what percentage of their garments are being sent back for repairs, which I suppose then helps enable them to make a better product because they want to keep the repairs down to an absolute minimum, don't they? They actually probably want to use your service as little possible, create garments that don't need repairing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's the end goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you like say, it all comes down to data and, and technology. So what is actually a very traditional craft of repairing things is enabled by all of the, the tech that you've got. And is the, is the tech something, is that something you kind of deliberately set out to build the tech first and then the the handwork went afterwards or was it the other way around? Yeah, that's the difference, right? We started on the sewing machine. Um, we started by uh, looking at the complexity of repairs um, and the process of repairing and, uh, and, and we really sit behind brands and we understand the challenge the brands have to manage the supply chain. <clears throat> The challenge that we have to implement a new system within a large brand, those are corporations, right? You just don't come with a new app. Uh, so it's really, it's really you're connecting mammoths uh, when, when it comes to supply chain. Uh, so we, we build upon uh, the blueprints that we had on technology of Patagonia, and we develop the, the, this platform into a universal uh, A-class software that can connect into the back end of any global brand at a security level that they expect. Um, and we can treat the data and the safety level that they will, they will want to have. Uh, so by developing a standard, we are now able to operate with different brands and understand what is the kind of information they're looking for, what is the kind of valuable information that can add value to their operation. And then we're developing this uh, together with them. We develop this together with a lot of brands who operate with. Um, and this also helps us uh, directly to understand uh, on, this, on the store shop, what are the challenges there Sorbly is facing in order to bring repairs into the system. So we, we will design this interface so facilitate their work. So if you look at the cost of uh, returns, the cost of, of uh, challenges of customer and after sales for brands today, there are a lot of inefficiencies there that the, the repair platform can provide solutions. So we work together with them in order to minimize the costs that they have and bring this, this, this solution for them. And there's another dimension that's coming to this, which is the change in legislation. So large brands, you don't even have to be that large. 
you're going to have to report in Europe according to CSRD standards, and they are really complex um, books of information. So we're drafting our reporting, which goes to them uh, on the tray, and they're ready to plug and play to their CSRD reporting. So that's also very valuable for them um, and brings our work and the impact of our work to uh, uh, from a level of abstraction to, to, to the other side of the line to a very tangible, uh, visible, uh, impactful result. Yeah, I mean, I worked for Marks and Spencers for many years, and at one point, they there was no limit to when you could return stuff with them, and there was no questions asked, and it was a you know a big part of their business was return. So if they're not knocking on your door, then I they blooming well should be. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Are there any um, businesses that are too small? to use your service or will it work for businesses of any size no we we definitely we cater of course what i'm sharing with you is what we call a corporate service and and but we designed the platform in a way that it can at, at different levels uh from a handful of repairs to thousands of repairs you could have a, a package of of collaboration uh and some of them are really complex to start but some of them depending on on the size of the brand we can start from day two um, and really affordable, really accessible. So literally for every brand who have a different kind of solution. Ah, oh, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm sure probably quite a few people listening to this then will be um, getting in touch with you. Who's running your, you? because you're, um, you're currently based in Amsterdam. Who's, who have you got running your service over in London? Who's the best point of contact if someone is listening to this and a brand and they want to get in touch to... Sign yeah, we have as it were. we have a person, a, a very talented person called Zoe Phoenix, who is uh, running our partnership operations in UK, uh, and we have team on the ground, uh, G. Flesher and Claire Soli, who are really making our operation possible to happen in London. Um, people are welcome to uh, come around and have a chat as well. Um, we are often there, uh, so there's basically every week someone from the team in Nelson and that is in London. Uh, and we're really doing this together with them, um, but we can. We're definitely able to to cater to to any requests. Excellent. I was going to say, can come, people come and have a tour and see the repairs happening? Um, brilliant. And are you getting engaging? Because I know kind of Jenny does from Fashion Enter, engaging with local schools and and so to do kind of open house tours to kind of encourage these sort of repair skills to the younger generation? Is that something also that you're getting involved in? Yeah, we, what we do, we provide our repair workshops. So we have our foundation, which runs in parallel to our business, uh, and they provide uh, the same one that I had in London during the opening. They're very simple repair workshops that uh, um, help people to understand in a very basic way, what does it take to repair? And then, um, uh, because you get in contact with 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 um, uh, a needle and, and and a thread, you understand what does it take, um, uh, what does it take to be behind the sewing machine and give the proper value to this. So this, those are programs that we we do, and we do this for for companies, employees, but also for schools. Fantastic! That's amazing. And do you? What are your plans with the repair centre? Is it that the London centre would get much bigger, or is it to roll it out into other areas within the UK, for instance? Yeah, we don't discard uh, the second. We see um, a lot of potential to go beyond London as well. 
Um, we of course um, uh, are, are really growing at the repairs and at the repairs level. The more repairs go, the more we grow our operation. Um, so in terms of UK, we don't start uh, being being beyond. In terms of a business as a whole, we really want to be um, a way of putting this that we want to shorten the the distance uh, from end consumers to the repair centers. Um, so our first step was London, but we're now gearing up to look into um, next locations where a repair center will be uh, of a good match for the social concern, but also for brands where where's where will be where there be a good match of what we do. Yeah, I mean, I could certainly see there be a possibility, probably in Scotland, for instance, um, but maybe you know as much as well. Oh, for I brands would love that. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. Because I love Scotland, so <clears throat> it would be really great to be there. <laughs> Excuse to go and visit. Well, I love Brazil, so if you're from... I've been to Sao Paulo Definitely. a couple of times. Amazing place. Really? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing over in Europe when you're um, from Brazil originally? Is, is, is well, Brazil, the pros and cons everywhere. <laughs> one thing that did strike me when I did visit Brazil, though, is still how much of the Brazilian product... Well, it, I mean, it was 15, 20 years ago since I went, last went to Brazil, but how much was still actually made in Brazil? Still huge, yeah, mm. huge. So it's a 200 million uh, people market. So a lot of uh, production still happens in, in, in house in Brazil. And they're huge brands with a lot of know how, a lot of technology, a lot of uh, um, potential for sustainability as well. Um, and the scale is just tremendous. It's really big mm. as well. Yeah, but it's amazing what you're doing. I really, you know, bringing this the help. The, what you're doing is not only encouraging people to repair and look after their garments, it's encouraging brands to make sure they make clothing that is built to last. But it's also it's bringing, bringing skills back to the UK, which is, is fantastic. So, Tammy, thank you so much for being my guest on the podcast today. No, thank you very much, Kate. It has been a pleasure and I'm very inspired by your work, as I shared before. Um, and I really hope that uh, repair can really bring a new perspective um, to the British industry because I really believe that the potential of security is tremendous and the talent and heritage that is present in UK is really an inspiration for the sector to really flourish. So um, thank you for the opportunity. Mm -hmm.